We're so honored that you joined us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. So we just wanted to say thank you and bless you. We love you and we honor you today on this Mother's Day. We're so grateful that you're here with us. Can we bless them one more time? This is really sweet. Whenever we come here for vacation, we always have about a week or so, and we have two weeks, and I always walk into, is it Super One? And they have the big bouquets, and I always say, oh, honey, that'd be so nice to have in the room. And he has yet fallen for that. <laughs> so thank you, Mads and Mary T. So my husband said that he was, that they were going to have me come up if I wanted to say something, and I'm like, no, honey, I don't want to say anything. I don't, I'm like, no, not going on up there but so I asked Jesus I said is there something that I could share that might encourage the mothers and the first word was comparison and I know how I struggled growing up as a young mom and not really having a background of how to raise children and just always feeling a lack and so I think if you recall the video how the lady shared of their difficulties their anger and all those other things <laughs> that they did, that I just think that there is a mercy and a compassion that you need to lend to each other when people are going through a season that's difficult. And we all go through seasons that are difficult, often. And then the other word was village. We have these children. You have this home with the children in it. And all of you are called to step and encourage one another and to love one another. The scripture that came to mind was that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so our heart has to be for those little ones. The ones that are the most difficult are the ones that you can partner with the parents and pray for them. I think of what, I don't know where our kids would be. I established a prayer teams for all of our leaders probably 25 years ago. 20? Yeah, and so we had people praying a long time. <laughs> How old are we? Let's see. <laughs> we had people stand with us with our children. And our children at times were orangutans. I mean, they weren't when they were little. It was more their teen years that they were orangutans. And we needed mercy and we needed grace given to them. And we needed people backing us and partnering with us. And now they all serve in the church. And from 40... I'm really bad at numbers. How old is Amy? 40. <laughs> 46. Oh, never mind. 40. She's in her 40s, and then our son. <laughs> I said 40. I did say 46. But anyway, just think about that and just stand behind the mothers and the fathers that have children and pray for them. And connect with older women that can pray for you when you're having a season that you just cannot get through, that you just can't break through. Because there are times when you are just literally too weak, too confused to do what you need to do and that you need someone to help you. That's what Jesus does with us. Okay? Amen. Okay. Amen. I love you. Let us pray. <laughs> she always, my wife always thinks she has nothing to say and then when she talks I think, oh man, I got to follow that? That was really good stuff. I don't know, if you're a mom, pay attention to that. It's really good stuff. Um, I, I, that, that video just wrecked me. The first service, I, I could hardly even talk when I got up here. That was so powerful because I don't think I've ever met a mom that didn't feel like they failed a lot. And you know what? I mean, uh, I, I came home one time and my wife told me we had the worst kids in the whole church. <laughs> Seriously. And and so we had a guest speaker there, another pastor. And I, and I you know, sometimes I don't have a lot of patience. I said, do you think we have the worst kids in the church? And she, he goes, no, man, you got great kids. I said, see? <laughs> Which helped her a lot. <laughs> but, but honestly, raising kids is hard. And, but, but it's really important. I, I think a ministry of a mom is probably the hardest, maybe one of the hardest and one of the most important callings in the kingdom of God. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. My wife's amazing. I just love her. Um, 
I had my grandkids with me. One of them, one went to kids' church. He would stand up, Israel, so they could see. He's my prayer partner. He's praying for me while I preach. I, um, I, I was praying during, uh, during between the services, and, uh, and uh, I was thinking, I, it, I'm going to talk about legacy, and I'm going to talk about leaving a legacy, and uh, it's specifically addressed to moms, but it really affects all of us. Um, there's always somebody younger than you, either in the faith or chronologically, and, and they watch you. I, you may not even know this. You may think, well, nobody pays attention to me. People watch how you live your life. And, and it really makes a huge difference. It, uh, I, I, when I was young, I would watch older Christians to see how they responded, how they did things. And, and it impacted my life. I had godly parents, and, and they weren't perfect, but they really uh, impacted, which I'll share some things in my life. And so it's really important for all of us to live a legacy. Now I'm I'm getting I'm I'm older, so I I look back and I think, what kind of legacy am I leaving? Now let me let me say one other thing. Maybe you're a brand new Christian. Maybe you're 40 or 50 years old and you just got saved. You think, well, I left a mess, but you can change that starting today. Right. See, you, you need to know that when when people begin to follow Jesus, I I've watched families just destroyed come back together because one person decides to follow Jesus. So. So from this point on, you can legal legacy. Some of you have been doing it for years, and I commend you for it. But all of us, our lives, one of the reasons we want to do, do the right stuff and live right is because people watch us, and they learn, they learn more from what we do than what we say. Amen? I, uh, you know, I, my, my kids, I, you know, there's all kinds of training for the, raising kids and what you're supposed to do. And, and we, honestly, we, we, I, at times I think we did a great job, and other times I think we were total failures. I have both those emotions. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But, but one thing, we weren't really disciplined. So like, like having family devotions. I, I, I talk to people, well, we have family devotions every day. We study the Bible. We have the family altar. We didn't. We just, we just ate dinner. Sometimes we talked about Jesus. Sometimes we're just trying to get the food in them and, and get them out the door. You know, because you know what I mean. Sometimes we we had some great discussions, and then we might go weeks without having any discussion. And and particularly when they got teenage years, everybody's eating different shifts. It seemed like, but there were things you can give them even without being disciplined. We we went out and bought one of those little. My, my wife found a garage sale. One of those little. It's called daily bread. It's a little loaf of bread with scriptures in it. How many remember those? My my mom had one of those, and we weren't very faithful in my own house doing it. You know, we, we thought this would be really cool. We did it for about three days. And then it just sat there. It's sort of like the salt shaker, just there, you know. We, what's that? That's daily bread. We don't ever pay attention to it, but it's really cool. So, but, but I, want, I want to talk today about some things you can all do, e even if you're not perfect, even if you, you kind of mess up, because my, my kids all are serving God today, and they're all part of our church and, and they all went through stuff. My wife said they were orangutans. That's actually my word, orangutans. But yeah, they were. They were, they were rascals at times. But they're, they're godly rascals now. And they're rascals for Jesus. But it was, it was scary and hard. I love what the lady said. I, I just want my kids to continue with God. I'm telling you, that open heart, that honest heart that lady had, that, I don't know if you're here, but, but that actually will help them to continue with God. Just being real and being honest and, and, and realizing, you know, help, see, them seeing you in your life really makes a difference. So uh, I, I want to read a couple of scriptures and then I want to pray. And uh, the, these scriptures relate to what this legacy thing that I want to talk about. First Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3. We always thank God for all of you. I don't know if you have Bibles, you can look at it or you can look at it on the screen. Uh, we always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continue to remember our God and Father, to, before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, I remember these three things. I remember your faith, I remember your love, and I remember your endurance. So th these things count. 
Uh, Psalm 145, 4 says, one generation, I love this, uh, the, the man who was kind of my father in the faith, he, he had this wonderful voice and he would sing a song about this, one generation shall declare your works. He did a lot better than I did. <laughs> anyway, one generation will commend your works to another and they'll tell of your mighty acts. There's actually a call of God on us to pass on what we have. And, and then the, the, uh, Proverbs 13, 22 says a good life gets passed on. So I, I, I want to I live a life that gets passed on. And, and I've botched it a lot. But here, here's what God does. And I really, I'm so glad they show those kids response that was so different from the mothers. When we take what we've got and we give it to God, our five loaves and two fish, he feeds thousands. And when you take what you've got in your weakness and your failure, but you keep bringing it to the Lord, he takes that and he, he builds something. He puts legacy in your children's because you keep bringing it to the Lord. Can, can you say amen to that? So would you lift your hands and we're going to receive the Lord. Jesus knows your life. He knows exactly what you're going through. There are people here that right now you feel like you're rocking it as a parent. And there are people here that feel like you're a failure. People here who don't have kids and you feel like, what, what can I do? Every person leaves a legacy to those that come after them. Every person does. If you're a teenager, there are young kids watching you. If you're a young adult, there are teenagers watching you and growing from you. So we, we all need to receive from the Lord. So let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, um, we, we just need your help. God, uh, I, I know my, my desire is I would leave the right legacy for my children and, and for those that have come after me, for, for um, the people of our church and for pastors that I work with. God, I, I, sometimes I feel so inadequate to do that, but God, I know that you take my brokenness and inadequacy, God, and you multiply and breathe on it and bring life. And I pray that for each person here, God, that you'd, you'd take who we are and you'd help us to catch what's really vital. And God, as we endeavor to walk in it, God, that you'd breathe on it and you multiply it and you'd, you'd leave the right legacy for those that are coming after us. So God, help me today to say what you once said and then, then take the word and make it very personal to each person where they need it and breathe life and joy and hope. I ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. So let me uh, give you another scripture in uh, Psalm. I like the Bible. How many like the Bible? I like the Bible. I just, uh, I, sometimes I just throw scriptures in because I think that's cool. I like that scripture. Um, Psalm 112 verse 2 and 6 says, the generation of the upright will be blessed. So here, you, most of you have made a life commitment to Jesus, so you're the generation of the upright. Because you're upright because of what Jesus did in your life, not because of your togetherness. But, but you're, you're the right, the Bible says you're actually the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, if that hasn't happened to you at the end of the service, I'm, I'm going to give you an invitation that you can make him the Lord of your life and you can today begin to change your destiny and the destiny of those that come after you. I'm, I mean, I'm not just speaking, oh, this, is a, this really happens. And you can talk to a number of these people in the room that saw your, the generations change because of decisions that they made. And so uh, we will give you an opportunity at the end to, to do that. But it says a generation of the upright best, and a righteous man will be remembered forever. And, it, you know, if, if, let's say the Lord doesn't come for several hundred years. Nobody's going to remember that I pioneered unless they put an old photo in the foyer somewhere that Cindy and I pioneered that church, New City Church, you know, now it's 40 years ago, but maybe, you know, we'll say 140. Yeah, 140 years. Here, here's what, how they'll be remembered. Because my, my life puts legacy in people that come after me, and they can, they bring it, they continue it. 
Terry Virgo, a, a pastor one time, said, who knows how many souls are wrapped up in your life? Uh, think about that. There were probably generations, and in my case, I, there actually were uh, generations of people that served God, learned the principle of God, walked in the principle of God, that imparted to the next generation, imparted, and it's affected my life. Cindy and I planted New City Church about 40 years ago, 40 years ago this, this September. We had nine people. We didn't have a clue what we were doing, except we felt like God told us to do that. That church is now, I think last Sunday we had 900 plus people in, in the services. But there, we've, we've, church has been planted out of that. And, and that church really has a lot of influence, not, not just because of me, because of the people that when we ministered to. But if we had said no to God, if we had not been obedient, none of that would have happened. Now, I think, I, I didn't envision this happening, but if, if my parents had said no to God, that wouldn't have happened. So, so in your life, you leave a legacy that can impact generations and generations and forever until the Lord returns, and you, you don't know. You don't know how much your life, how much difference will make. My, my kids were impacted by young adults in our church that were, were radical for Jesus. And they said, oh, that's the way to be. Because they saw, they saw other young people serving God. My grandchildren, I, I, they're worshipers. Both of them are worshipers. Why? Their parents are worshipers. Their older and brother sister are worshipers. And so they're worshipers. It's, it's a part of their legacy that's passed on. And so you, every one of you can do that. I, I was at a, a church in Othello, uh, Orville, Washington, and uh, it's, it's a town of about 1,900, has a church of about 200 in this town, town of 1,900, and they have this amazing recovery ministry. Uh, they have a house for women and a house for men, and we happened to speak there on the Sunday the, the girls were graduating, and so they, they, I think there were seven or eight girls they brought up after the service, and they wanted me to pray over them. And I looked at them, and these, these are gals that came out of prostitution and heroin and just really horrible brokenness. And, and I looked at them, they, they, they were beautiful. And they, they had this joy in their life. They, just, they, they looked amazing. I, looked, I started weeping. Yeah. I said, do you, do you realize your destiny has changed? You're, you're going to affect generations that are going to come after you. I was, I was personally just stirred. I thought, wow, what, a, what an amazing God we serve and how he does. But we get to be a part of that. Can, can you capture that in your heart? So I want, I want to give you, and, and maybe, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're not real disciplined and you've got a family altar and you, you do it right. If you do that, great. But, you know, you can do that and not pass the right stuff on you can just be religious about it. We do a family altar every day. Now shut up and listen. I'm going to preach the word of God. Yeah, I mean, I'm exaggerating. But, but I've seen parents that are very, do all the outward things, but they miss the inward stuff. And the inward stuff's what counts. Amen? So I'm, I'm going to give you four things. These are from the Bible. Four things that you can pass on. The first is faith. Uh, what is it? Your work. Your work. Produced by faith. My, my children can't necessarily, they're not going to have the same grace I have, right? I mean, uh, um, I, when my son is, is actually more personality wise, probably a little bit more like his mom. He's very creative, he's musical, he's artistic. And one day, we were, he was about 10 years old, and we were in a car, and I said, uh, Ryan, do you want to be a preacher when you grow up? Because, you know, I'm a preacher. And he goes, uh uh. -huh. I, I just can't talk like you, Dad. I don't. But but he has a whole different grace. But he can he can get my faith. My my parents believed God for me when I couldn't. I, I actually during between the service I was just kind of praying over the message. And I got saved when I was four and a half. And in my young years I, I really had a really close walk with God. But when I was 
my late teens, just uh, like 16, get, 17, getting out of high school, I, I ran away from God. I was just, I, I, I wanted to sin. That, I mean, truthfully. Here's the truth, though. I never, I, I, would, I would tell people I was an agnostic. I wasn't sure God existed. But I realized I never didn't trust God. Now, I, I, that sounds weird. But, but I, I knew that he was faithful. My parents trusted God their whole life. They just, they trusted him. That faith is not, you know, raising the dead or healing the sick. Those are gifts. Faith is a, basically just a confidence in God. And my parents always had that. And so even though I was running from God, it, I was never angry at God. I never thought he ripped me off or, or, boy, you don't know what you're doing. I never thought any of that stuff. Never. It never even occurred to me. I just simply wanted to sin. And I didn't want a boss. Come on. Any of you ever been like that? I was like that for 12 years. Well, I, I would, I would, I've sinned really hard. I would... I've thought about it. I was, I was worse than my friends who weren't saved because they didn't know any better. I knew better and intentionally. So I was better at sinning than they were because I was intentionally sinning. But I still, inside, I still trusted God. And I honestly, in 40 years of ministry, walk, I, I, when I was about 29 is when, when I came back to the Lord, I've, I've always just trusted him. My, my wife was ra not raised in a Christian home. So learning to trust God was difficult for her. And, and I, I, I can't tell you what she said, but in the early days, something happened. She, she kind of yelled at God and said that that was, and she used a, an expletive. <laughs> said, that was really blanky of you, God. And I went, yee. <laughs> you, you just don't talk to God like that, Cindy. What? <laughs> She's a very honest woman, and she was. But but I, I, I here's what I realized. I had a strength in my life that wasn't my character or my nature. It was something my parents gave to me because they showed me they trusted God. And, and, and catch this, they, my parents. I don't know that they ever said, "Bob, you need to trust God." They just trusted him, and I saw... In fact, I didn't know that life could be any other way. And when I came back to him, trusting him, I mean, I, I, I don't understand God. I don't even like... Parts of the Bible I don't even like. Like, can I say that? I mean, there's parts... I, a lot of parts I don't understand. We just read Revelation. My wife says, what's that mean? I said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I said, I know a lot of guys think they have a clue, but truthfully, I don't know what that is. You know, remember the one about the, the, the deal with a sharp stinger and it looks like a locust, and people say, well, that's a helicopter. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, when, I, when I was uh, right after sitting, we got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was 29, and God just radically got our lives. It was amazing. And uh, I, I came back to Montana and I, I met up with a bunch of my college friends for a dinner in Helena. Somehow we all got together. And one of, one of my friends had just gotten saved. He's a doctor. He, he was in medical school at the time, but he's a doctor. So he's really scientific. And, and the other friend was, uh, is kind of an environmentalist and he's a, he's a writer. And so they get in this debate about... Uh, about dinosaurs and, and my doctor friend is going to be a doctor. He's saying, well, the Bible, there's evidence for this and you get to this and you've got to realize, you know, he's given this big scientific explanation. And my friend turns to me and says, he said, what do you think, Bob? <laughs> and I, I've never liked, I think sometimes we argue about stupid stuff. I, I, thought, I thought, you know what? The God I serve is big enough, he could put dinosaur bones and prints out there just to mess with us. <laughs> I, that's just what occurred to me. He says, that makes sense. <laughs> what that came out of was my parents trusted God and they imparted that to me. 
You see, see how important it is? And now, now, some of you, maybe that's a battle. Like, Cindy really struggled with that at times. But, but as you go through the battle and keep letting Jesus win, amen? Keep, did you catch that? That also put a legacy in our kids. See? So, number one is, is faith. Let me just read a quick scripture on that. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.5 Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you. So he says, Timothy, you have sincere faith, and you got it from your grandma, who gave it to your mom, who gave it to you. That's a gift. Pass that to your children. Number two, number two is your, um, your love, your labor, your work, prompted by love. Philippians 1, 3, and 7 says this, I thank my God every time I remember you, and all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day to now. Being confident of this, I love this passage, actually, we, we give this to every graduation, we, every graduate in our church, we would write a note and say this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is gonna carry it to completion. That's actually a statement of faith until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. Um, I, I found it when I was a pastor, when I was pastoring a, a church that I could say really hard things to people if they knew I loved them. And if they weren't sure that I loved them, I couldn't say hardly anything to them. S something about this, there's a power in... in and I'm not talking about this Christian love. I remember in Alaska one time, we, they had us all hold hands with the person next to him, and I was holding hands with my best friend, uh, and, and I'm holding his hand, and then we had to sing to each other. <laughs> Serious, true story. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you, with, for I see in you all the glories of our King, and I love you with the love. Now, you, first of all, it's weird singing that to a guy. But the Bible doesn't tell us to love each other with the love of the Lord. It tells us to love each other deeply from the heart. It, it's talking about real love. And you guys know love isn't your feelings. It's, it's your heart to desires the best and you know read Corinthians 1 Corinthians 13 you'll get it now so here's here's what I want you to get out of this um, this is it's like riding a horse's little stool yeah. whoa <laughs> I'm actually having more fun in this service than I did in the last one <laughs> so I, I want to leave my children a legacy of love First of all, love for God. I, I want them to see that I love God. I really do love God. I, I, I am so grateful for what he did in my life. And I want them to get that. I, I want to I see that I love his kingdom. In our, in our church, we pray for a different church in our city every Sunday. We start that because we want people to see that we're kingdom people. And it's not just about our church. We want to see the kingdom grow. And, and if, if the Assembly of God's church down the street grows, you win. We're in this together. And by the way, I know, I know that's Pastor Lance's heart. And, and, and so, but I want them to love the kingdom. I, I want them to love the church. I'm, I'm going to get in your business now. I'm going to get down to business. No, I, um, seriously, I, I, I pastored for 39 years at our local church. And you, you can't pass that long with somebody getting all fussed up. Last service, they said knickers in a twist. And, and then somebody told me they don't understand what this, so it's panties in a bunch, but I can't, I'm not supposed to say either one of those things. But <laughs> when you're old, you just say whatever you want, and wear whatever you want, nobody cares. Since he's just old, he, doesn't, he, he didn't remember this morning anyway. So anyway, I, I've watched people get fussy. And, and then they, they, they leave. And the damage they do to their kids is horrible. Because I've, I've, I've worked at restoring some of those kids. 
because their parents, whenever they didn't like what was going on or they, got a, or they just had a bad attitude towards church, they impart that. And Christian parents can impart a bad attitude about church to your kids and you're doing them eternal damage. Does this communicate? We, we had a rule. We didn't, when, when we were a part of a church, we were actually a part of a, a church that had a lot of dysfunction, had a lot of problems. And we, it was, we did not talk about the church in a negative way in our home. What we did is we had to work it through. We'd go work it through. But we didn't, particularly around our kids, they never heard anything except blessing because it's, it harms them. And when they grow up, then they grow up with this attitude. And, and I've have to, I've tried, we've been blessed. We've actually had some of these kids, oh, you know, if you, you pastor for 40 years in one city, there's, there's probably several hundred people running around Great Falls that used to go to our church. And, and, and some of their kids have now come back. And they want hope, and they want, but they have to work through a, a bad attitude towards the church because their parents... Put it in them. Somebody say amen. amen. This is, I'm telling you, if you have an attitude towards your pastor or towards your church or towards another leader or towards another brother or sister in the church, go work it out. All right? Because you're leaving a legacy and I'm telling you, your kids and other people pay attention to that legacy. And, and it does, isn't just, my life affects other people. It just, my decisions affect other people. And, and, and sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I just want to have an attitude. Come on, anybody else? Somebody say, I'm just going to have an attitude today. And, and when I do, I have to say, wait a minute, I was wrong. And, and those people I affect, I, I tell, my kids have heard me say, I was wrong. I was, my, my dad had a, a ring, big ring, and when he'd get my attention, he'd thump me on the head. And, and I hated that. I hated that. And I swore when, when I raised my kids, I, I would spank them, but I would never do that. My, my daughter was about six years old, and I was reading something. She said, Daddy. I said, Daddy. I said, just a minute. Daddy, just a minute. Just, Daddy. I went, thump. <laughs> when I did that, I thought, oh, God. I am so bad. Now, I could have gone by myself and just sulked it because I'm so bad. But what I did is I got down on my knees. And I said, Abby, that was really wrong of me. Please forgive me. Will, will you pray for me? Dad, Dad, it was just wrong to do that. Now, now you shouldn't have interrupted me. But Abby, I shouldn't have, I should never, ever do that. Please forgive me. And she did. And it was done. So I, I, I can do, but, but correct it as quickly as you can. I can say the wrong thing. Has anybody here ever said the wrong thing? A stupid thing, an angry thing, a, a hurtful thing? Then, then Repent. You, you actually teach your kids something in that. I, I want my kids to see that I love the church. By the way, I love the church. And my kids love the church. We had somebody over the house. He was a pastor's kid. He'd been a pastor's kid. And he was telling my kids how horrible it was to be a pastor's kid. Everybody knows about you and they complain about you. I said, stop that. I said, that's not true. And I teach my kids, they're blessed to be a pastor's kids. Your mom and dad serve God, and we're called of God. And you know what? You're blessed. You get to meet wonderful people, and you get to be a part of this thing. And I said, don't talk like that. By the way, my kids all serve in the church today. They're all worship leaders, and they're, they're all engaged and do things and, and, and lay down their life. They love the church. Why? Because we did, and we do. Amen? I love seeing Lance and... and uh, Taylor, yeah, like a golf club. <laughs> I can remember it. I love, honestly, I love seeing them up there. Why? Their parents love serving, so they say, we want to serve. All right, you, you, you get, get what I'm saying? All right, let's, why do they keep putting my next point on? Are you trying to hurry me up? I'll, I'll finish my own darn time. 
I'm just messing with you. All right. Number, number, number three. Oh, no, I had a couple more. I want them to see I love my wife. Love my love. They need to see me. I like to kiss her. I still like, I love kissing her. And they go, oh, dad. And I say, I don't care. I like kissing her. They need to see that, that I, that I love them. You cannot tell your kids enough that you love them. I just love you. you love. Okay, dad, I got to go. No, you just need. My, my, when my, my son started junior high, I drive him to school, and he's cool, you know. I said, I want to give you a kiss. He said, no, Dad, not now. I said, ow. <laughs> now go to school. Here, here's, here's what they think. They, I hate this, but I kind of love it. Do, do, do you get that? Love your kids. Just, not just with kisses, but just love them and, and express that and talk about it. Um, I love my grandkids. I, I just, they're so cool. Anyway, and, and here's, here's one that's really important, the love for the lost. Uh, my, my wife is passionate about lost people. And she's not, she's not a, she feels totally intimidated to share her faith with people. So what she is is just really kind and nice. And, and, and I had a lady come to me and says, I'm, I, I'm your wife's target friend. I went, what? And Cindy just been nice. The lady kept inviting her to church, inviting her to church, and she showed up, got saved because my wife was a good friend. All right. Now, now my kids, my kids saw that. I, I, and, and their dad, Pastor Nate, probably more than anybody else in church, we hand out church invites to people all the time in restaurants. Do you have a church here? Let me invite you. My kids saw that. They grew up with that. And so they invite people to church all the time. Because they see it, then they do it. It gets in them. Because you leave a legacy. Now think about this. Somebody they invite may get saved, come to church, and may plant a church someday, and the church plants hundreds of churches that starts just because my kid saw me hand somebody a card. That's legacy. Amen? Next one. Uh, your endurance inspired by hope. Hebrews 6, 19 he says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hebrews 13, 34, kind of the, hero, the heroes of the faith, Hall of Fame, it says, their weakness was turned into strength. And then in Hebrews um, 11, verse 10, it says, the reason they did this is because they were looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. So in a room this size, there's, I'm going to guess there's 200, 250 people in the room. Some of you, even right now, are going through serious pain. Could be physical, could be emotional, could be social, it could a lot of reasons. Just how many know life has pain in it? When you go through it with Jesus. And in spite of how you feel, you continue to try to do the right thing. Try to do the right thing. And, and you're probably going to fail at times, but you try to do the right thing. Keep trying to do the right thing. That leaves a legacy for your children. It leaves a legacy for your friends. It leaves a legacy for the people around you. My wife, when people meet her, she's, she's nice. She's, I mean, I had, last church I went to, a guy came and said, I was more glad to see her than you. <laughs> She's just bubbly. She's just got that smile. She was injured really seriously about her third year of ministry, and she has dealt with pain ever since. Sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more, but she's just always, always has some pain going on. But she loves people and keeps serving and smiling. Privately, sometimes she's just really hurting, even to the point of tears. But that's a legacy she left. Our kids saw that. And, and honestly, people in our church have seen that and realized that and they think, how does she do that? She does that because she trusts Jesus and because, and, and it's hard. And a lot of times she doesn't want, and she will privately express me, I don't want to do it anymore. But she keeps doing it. See, something happens when you go through hardship. In fact, I, I think sometimes we leave, leave our biggest legacy walking through a difficult time. When, when I was a 
freshman in college, my dad had, he had a, we lived in Glasgow, and my dad had a car agency, and he, he was partners with an unsaved man. He, before he died, he told me the biggest mistake, I went twice, I went in business with unsaved people, and both times it was a disaster. It's not biblical. But he, he bought his partner out, so it used most of his capital, and, and about six months later, uh, the air base in Glasgow closed, and that was most of his business was there. And we lost every, literally everything, our home, my, my dad had a shop in, at our home because he was a tool and dimer. He had all kinds of lathes and presses and tools. And we, we, lo we lost everything but basically the clothes on our back and our, you know, our household goods. And I watched my parents go through that. And my dad said, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't believe it would be honoring God for me to declare bankruptcy. So he, 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 he chose to pay off every debt. Took five years. We were really, really poor during that time. We were really struggling. He went to work in Missoula and then in, in Billings. During that time, my folks always tithed. Now, by, by now, I'm not even serving God. And I, and I think, boy, you could use that for food, but they, they, we trust God. They always tithe. And, and they had made a commitment to some missionaries in Indonesia. How many have heard of, uh, what's the guy's name? Ted Decker. How many have heard of Ted Decker? He's an author. Well, it was his parents were missionaries in Indonesia, and they were friends of my parents, and they continued to support them that whole time. We were tight even for food at times, but they had made a commitment. They kept it up, and they, and they never acted devastated. They always acted like, what can we do? They served in the church. They committed. They taught me something. They put something in me because when, when we got in ministry, we had some times that were really hard. In fact, when, when Cindy got hurt, we just, we weren't sure we'd go in. I remember being in a conference in Alaska, we were just sobbing. And, and we, people were praying. Actually, they thought I would, I'd done something wrong. And I said, no, because our church was kind of growing at the time. But I was, what it was, we just didn't think we could do it. I remember Cindy and I going in a corner and praying. And we said, Lord, if we can only handle 50 people, our church had grown to about 200. But I said, if, if we can only handle 50 people because of what she's going through, help us to do that with all our heart. We actually committed. We, I, I shared this on church when I transitioned. I said, we committed that we would serve God with all our heart if we had 25 or 50 people. And now we got this church, probably 1,500 people going there. God, how's that possible? One of the things God said, Bob, you need a lot of help. So I'm going to send you really good people to help you out. And he did. But I learned that from watching my parents be faithful during pain. During, it, it was just heartbreaking. I, I remember my dad getting, uh, it was actually another time they went through pain, and him actually falling to his knees when he got a letter that said his, the career he was in was over. They got up and they walked with Jesus. It, it, here, it, it put steel in my backbone that wasn't naturally there and it, it, it gave me and when we go through hard things I just think of them and I just you know it just it leave a legacy and, and um, trust me I, I understand some of you really right now it's really difficult but I'm telling you the way you can walk through it just do the best you can and, and it, God will breathe on that and it'll put life into people. Amen? Amen. Last point. Last point. Um, your partnership in the gospel. Um, go ahead and put the scripture up if you would. And Philippians 1.3 says, I thank God every time I remember you. Uh, well, I better get it off here. That's weird up there. I'm going to do it here. It says, I, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from now, from first day until now. When you partner with your kids in the gospel, it puts something in their heart. One of the things I told my kids, I told you the guy said, oh, it's terrible being a pastor's kid. I said, it's a privilege God chose you to be my kids because we're in this together. 
And, and I, I, I didn't do it right all the time. I remember one time, church was small, and we had a, a basement. And Cindy said, would you just watch Rachel? That's his mom. And, and I'm going to go downstairs with the women. I have to do something. And, and I forgot to watch Rachel. And she fell all the way down the stairs. It's the only time my wife ever cussed at me at church. <laughs> you, you didn't cuss? Oh, yeah, she didn't talk to me. <laughs> let, let me just say it this way. She was really, really ticked at me. So, so we, you know, I didn't. But, the, but we're partners in this. Do, do you understand? My, my grandsons today, I assigned them. I said, you're my prayer partners today. And they prayed for me. I was, I was really sick this morning. I'm feeling actually pretty good now. And, but Israel, who, who I know has a really a gift of prayer the guy he's he's he likes to pray god put something in his heart he prayed over me and i felt good and i said now when we get to church you guys are going to sit up front you're going to be praying for me during the service uh sometimes we like to do the ministry we like to be the the big shot when we bring others along with us it really makes we're partnering in the gospel i got, I got some young uh, men in our church that I meet with kind of mentoring kind of we're just a friendship type thing but they've asked can we, we travel with you when you go why because we're partners in this and and if they go with me i'm going to have them pray i'm going to look for things for them to do your kids use them in ministry we, we have a family in our church they have about seven kids i think and they're this family just has the gift of helps they're amazing servants and so are their kids Whenever there's work to be done in church, the whole family's there and they're cleaning and they're doing stuff. The kids picked it up from the parents. Their parents have passed a legacy on to them, a partnership in this. And so those kids are going to grow up and say, the right thing to do, the right way to live is to be engaged in the things of God. We're in this together. You, you parents, I, I, I just, that video of the moms, it's just so true, feeling like, man, I didn't do this. And like one lady said she cussed. I bet you every mother here has either cussed or thought she should. <laughs> right? But, but the kids said, man, my mom's fun. My mom loves me. My mom's kind. Because God breathes on your what you leave as a legacy. He breathes on that, and he, and he, he feeds thousands. So my, the message is this. Listen, maybe, maybe you're not going to leave a big fortune for your kids. Maybe you're not even going to be able to give them a great education where they go to Harvard or Yale. And, and, and honestly, the world is consumed with that kind of thing, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that if that's the legacy you want, what I want for my kids, I want them, I want them to have faith. I want them to love God and love his people and love his church love each other. I want them to be able to endure hard times and, and come out of it just say, I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to do life's broken but God's people can go through that because our hope is in eternity and, and I want them to see we're partners in this and, and that's the legacy you moms can all leave and if you haven't been doing it, you can start today and start leaving. Just focus on those four things. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I, I, I just pray for every mom here and honestly for every person here. God, I know that, uh, that all of us have failed, all of us have made mistakes. And, but God, even it's the getting up from the mistake that makes a difference sometimes in our kid's life person in a friend's life or somebody else's they watch us walk with integrity and honesty before you so god help us help us to leave a legacy that brings life god when, when we fail help us repent quickly but god help us to keep going and keep leaving us give us grace god because we need you and we want to leave behind what's right I want to pray uh, for people maybe online or maybe people here today. I said, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you've 
come to church for the first time or maybe you've been coming a while or your friends have been talking to you about being born again or, or maybe you're like I was. I was I ran from God hard for years and, and God would send the right people who loved me and to bring me back to him. And God, God's here today. He actually brought you here or, or caused you to open up the, the screen and watch this online because he loves you and he, he, he's, his heart is for you. So if you want to come to the Lord or come back to the Lord this morning, I, what I'd like to do is I'd just like to pray for you. If that's you, would you slip your hand up if you're in the building? Would you uh, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? I, I want to, I need to get right with God. Everybody else should be praying. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Amen. Okay. See in the back there. Is there anyone else who just, you know that God's, this is a God moment. You just feel, all right, I see you there in the middle. A couple of them there. Anyone else? By the way, you, you have no idea how much the Father loves you and how much he wants to come to you. You, you don't have to come with shame. You come and, and just receive his love. Anybody else that God just speaking to you and you just slip your hand up. online and you raise your hand, I'm going to pray with you, uh, a prayer of commitment or recommitment to the Lord, and then I'm going to ask you to do something when we're done, would you please, they're, they're going to have prayer teams in the corner, will you come talk to them and tell them, the Bible says we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth, so saying to somebody, I made a commitment to Christ today, it really makes a difference, so come and talk to somebody, and then um, if you're online, uh, get some information how to do that, how to fill out a connect card and get connected. Because you, you can't do it alone. You can't leave them a legacy alone either. You, you need help with this. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, uh, together means you guys say it out loud. Okay. Lord Jesus, this morning I give my life to you. I believe that you died for me to pay the price for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead so that I can have eternal life. I commit my heart, my will, and my way to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Give me a hand, a few people that raise their hands. Amen. God bless you. Let's worship God. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support the ministry of Hope Church at hopechurchmt.com give. Also follow us on social media at hopechurchmt. Be blessed and have a great week.